The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details. Welcome to Voices from the Brook on Fresh FM, a fortnightly update from Nelson's unique eco-haven, the Brook Waimarama Sanctuary. Atta Marie from the studio here at Fresh FM and welcome to Voices from the Brook. I'm your host, Kirsten Rotsgaard. It's all go at the visitor centre at the moment and the upgrade of the building is progressing nicely and faster than we had anticipated. Here's Ru Collin, our chief executive, with a little update. We're really pleased with the progress, Kirsten, and since our last e-news letter that went out to our 3,500 contacts, we've had a few more calls with offers to help the project, which is just great. Um, And we've got uh, donations to back uh, fit-out to help with glass and insulation, more uh, building materials and, and... with the help of their builder, um, uh, the, the Thompsons, uh, Simpsons rather, uh, we're making great, great inroads. I, I think right now we, we're looking at the project always in, in affordable chunks. Um, we don't go into debt, so we'll, we'll keep building while we've got the funds and we're attracting the support. At this stage, the, the first part was to try and expand the building and make it a bit more comfortable, particularly for our staff and our volunteers. Yep. And then the next the next bit is the feature hall, you know, the actual visitor centre itself. At the same time that um, work's uh, been undertaken at the site, at the sanctuary, we're also working on storyboard signage, uh, that sort of thing, and also um, some technology that will apply to the visitor centre to help with the interaction with our with our visitors and our hosts. Yeah, it's all very exciting. So, uh, I, from what I from what I'm hearing from you, we're still seeking a further financial support. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, in these days and times, it's it's little um, little surprise to anybody building anything that uh, costs keep going up faster than what the income is that's coming in. And yeah, yeah. Any any additional financial support would be gratefully received. Um, and we're very keen not just to complete the inside of the building uh, that might be broken into two parts, but also complete the external improvements as, as well. So we really present ourselves as best as we can, um, you know, in time for next season. Exactly. Thanks very much, Lou. Nick Robson, our operations manager, is here with me now on the phone. Nick, tell me about the upgrade, how it's going. Oh, well, it's um, ahead of schedule. At the moment, um, the builders are putting in a new office for the operations staff, of which we have six at the moment. Um, And that's probably going to be completed in a few weeks' time. And then, hopefully, funds willing, we'll be moving on to upgrade the rest of the visitor centre. Yeah, because that's the thing uh, Rue and I have been talking about as well, that we are still seeking uh, financial support for the project to be able to finalise it. But hopefully all will work out in the end. Thanks, Nick. Okay, no worries. Speaking. 
Speaking of support, Lou Sanson, the former director of DOC, is the Brook Wymerma Sanctuary's new patron. He recently visited Nelson and we caught up with him at the sanctuary. I loved it. The experience of, of walking from the top and down, you know, it was nice and warm in the beach forest and then walking into the very lush and the orchids and the track work was just stunning really. And you are our new patron. What does that role mean to you? Um, I'm here to, to help the Brookwaimarama Sanctuary with advice in terms of long-term sustainability, um, their species plans, really just because of my experience, anything they want help with really. And what about money? Because that's always an issue. Is that something you can help us open doors here and there? I, I intend to, and uh, I'm also working on environmental social governance and the emergence in New Zealand of, of many companies that are now, it's no longer just about gross profit, it is about your what you're doing for social, what you're doing for environment, what you're doing for climate, and I can just see opportunities, and I know I'm involved in a number of other agencies where increasingly New Zealand companies uh, are buying a project that helps their credentials with New Zealanders in terms of restoring nature because restoring nature is probably the biggest thing we can do to prevent runaway climate change. Yeah, I heard you discuss with our uh, some of our trustees that it's not about planting new trees, it's actually about keeping what we've got and looking after it. Yeah, so um, I'm also uh, the Vice Chair for Oceana for the International Union of Conservation for Nature, which is the world's oldest and biggest international conservation organisation. And we've done a lot of work that shows that if you can take a 30-year-old forest or a 50-year-old restorers and, and restore it and take it to 100 years, you're going to fix a hell of a lot more carbon than you are with a new forest. So, so it re- it's, it's an initiative called 30 by 30, and we've got 70 countries have signed up for it to set aside 30% of their land and 30% of the marine for nature. And, and restoration is a key part of that. And has New Zealand signed up for this? New Zealand is in the process of, of signing up. Uh, of course, the biggest issues we've got is the marine zone. We've only really got about 2% protected. So taking New Zealand from 2 to 30% is, is a big challenge, but we already have 30% of land. And back to the Brookway Marimar Sanctuary. We're lucky we have this old beach forest in our sanctuary and it's unique to compare to all the other sanctuaries in the country. And you were up there today. So tell me a little bit more about your experience. Um, well, we stopped in a really cold, icy point and it was just alive with bellbirds on a frosty, fine morning. And then I saw the kakariki. Um, yeah, no, the bird life was incredible. But what I also saw was the extent of the regrowth. Uh, so you take out goats, deer, uh, possums, and that's where the new carbon is getting fixed. You could see it. It was it was pretty obvious. Where do you see the sanctuary in 10 years? I'd like to see the sanctuary loved by Nelsonians, a key part of Nelson, like Zelandia is part of Wellington. It just becomes an integral part of the city. and. You know, Wellington's been internationally recognised uh, for its green and its blue strategy, and you'd like to think that Nelson shares that same leadership that Wellington has in terms of being one of the most environmentally sustainable cities in the world. Well, that was one for our politicians, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. 
We do sanctuary-wide surveys several times a year, and it's a big job involving way over 120 volunteers. The survey is to help ensure we stay predator-free, and thankfully the result of this last survey done during the second half of June shows no signs of rats, possums, stoats, etc. But there is another matter to consider, which is mice. Our ecologist Robert Schadewinkel is, of course, not happy about the many mice in the sanctuary, yet he's not too worried. Well, we would be much better off not having any mice, but we all know this is um, you know, near impossible, especially for such a big beach forest dominated sanctuary such as ours. So, as you know, all sanctuaries battle with mice, and that's just the nature of uh, managing a place like this. If you remove rats, get mice basically so um, yeah so mice are there mice certainly have an impact on the ecosystem but what people need to know and to remember is having mice there is like you know have my having mice in the sanctuary only is like you know a multitude a magnitude of levels better than having rats mustelets like stoats and weasels cats dogs and God knows what other animals, not to forget all the pigs and, and deer and all that. So we removed 14 or 15 um, mammals, like introduced mammals from the sanctuary. And now we ended, and now we ended up with just mice in the sanctuary. So um, mice may have an impact on, um, you know, skinks, for example, and um, certainly an impact on the invertebrates, especially and and quite likely on on our wetter population but if you compare that to an um, ecosystem which the whole suit of pests present is that worse is it the same or is it you know not as bad as um for for wetter for example it's hard to say um and um yeah, oh yeah, the other thing I want to say is, um, you know, New Zealand um, had Kiori rat, the Polynesian rat, present for, you know, a thousand years or so. And so they, this, the Kiori rat was present in New Zealand forest and when, when Maori first arrived to New Zealand until um, they were basically replaced, outcompeted by ship, no, ship rats and Norway rats when the Europeans arrived. So for about, you know, I don't want to, <laughs> don't quote me on the exact timing, but let's say for about 800 years, Kiori were basically reigning supreme in New Zealand. And Kiori um, certainly caused extinctions of some species. But Kiori were there for like 800 years. And when the Europeans arrived with a whole suit of new pests, there were still a lot of um, animals, native animals present that then since then died out because people brought the rats and the cats and the dogs and so on. So, you know, a lot of species that could cling on for 800 years at least with Kiori present then suddenly vanished. Mice and Kiori, what is worse? I think Kiori have a bigger impact than mice have. So, if you look at it that, mice are not as bad as Kiori and what you could say, if only mice would be present in New Zealand, we would probably have a lot of more species still in New Zealand roaming around um, now. So mice have an impact. We, don't, we can say it's probably some species, invertebrates, skinks, it probably has got a bigger impact. For other species, it's probably marginal, but it is a thousand times better than having the whole suite of predators present.
The sanctuary's chief executive, Ru Collin, is just finishing a visit to several sanctuaries in the North Island, and he's on the phone with me now. Ru, Morena, tell us what you've been up to in the North Island. Mm, Morena, Kirsten, I'm ringing from Blustery, Wellington, so I'm heading on my way back to the sanctuary today. Had a, had a great week, and it was a wonderful opportunity just to meet and greet other sanctuaries and individuals that are involved in sanctuaries. Uh, and it's nothing like the uh, process of osmosis where you just be at a place where you can just absorb things, listening and looking at, at, at the different sites I've been to. So I've been quite, it's been a great week for me. It's been a real um, eye-opener. Yep. So um, you've learned things that you might be able to bring back to the Brookway Marima Sanctuary? I certainly have, and you're going to be in it. Oh. Being leading the visitor centre, so yeah. there's lots of lots of great ideas, and uh, uh, you know it's a little bit early for me to draw on what the you know the generalisations are, but at this stage I'd just say that every sanctuary is unique, and uh, they they're all working away at, at at different stages and different facets of the of restoring an ecosystem. Uh, some sanctuaries are a long way out of town. Um, and some are very close. Uh, we've we've all got um, ongoing issues with uh, species introductions and the processes and protocols involved in that. But you know, some wonderful things that uh, are being done to generate revenue, to generate interest, and just working on some of the you know the unique pro- um, problems that each unique location throws up. Yeah, and of course we are quite unique in, from my understanding, we are the only of all the sanctuaries in New Zealand that is uh, bordering a huge nature reserve. Every other sanctuary is either in a rural area or close to a city. Yeah, that's yeah. I think that's that's true. We we certainly um, have got some advantages being connected to the Mount Richmond Forest, which is about one hundred and sixty thousand hectares. Mm-hmm. Um, However, you know, as well as I do, we've also got a few pressures, particularly with the pest control pressure on our on our fence um, from the neighbouring lands. But, but yeah, yeah, it is. I think it is an advantage, which can certainly become one. And we're also very close to the urban communities. So um, another sanctuary similar to this is Zealandia, of course, which is squished between the CBD and Karori. Many other sanctuaries are actually quite a lot further away from, you know, the urban communities. Yep, yep, yeah. that's right. All right, Ruth, thanks so much for your time this morning, and we'll see you back in Nelson very soon. All right, thank you. Our opening hours are currently three days a week, Monday through to Sunday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. But the school holidays begin this Saturday, July 9th, and we will be open six days a week during the school holidays, Tuesday through to Sunday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Mondays, we are closed. We look forward to welcoming you to the Brook Waimarama Sanctuary. This is all we have time for today. I'm your host, Kirsten Rodsgaard, and on behalf of the Brook Waimaramar Sanctuary, we thank you for tuning in to Voices from the Brook on Fresh FM. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South's community access media station, with support from New Zealand On Air. 
The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community Access Media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz.